Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Everybody. My name is Paul and welcome to this edition of Master the NEC where we talk about the National Electrical Code. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about a change that took place in the 2017 National Electrical Code. It was a subtle change but has a big impact on electricians and installers around the country who are familiar with using a little known exception when it comes to mounting cabinets on the surface and being able to take non-metallic sheathed cable systems into this raceway, this fixed uh, raceway, down into the actual cabinet. Now, what are we talking about? We're talking about 312.5C and the exception. Now, typically, 312.5C says that, look, if you've got a cable and it is used, each cable shall be secured to the cabinet, cutout box, or meter socket enclosure. However, we are familiar with the little exception here that if your cable is entirely non-metallic sheathed, it is permitted to enter the top of a surface-mounted enclosure through one or more non-flexible raceways as long as they're not less than 18 inches long and not more than 10 feet long. We're talking about that non-flexible raceway itself. okay? And provided that you meet all of the following conditions, and there are seven conditions that we have to take into account here. Now, let's talk about the general rule. If I mount a cabinet... Each cable that I bring to that cabinet has to be secured to that cabinet in order to stop potential of abrasion. And typically when we have a fitting, we carry those uh, that non-metallic cable into the fitting and a quarter of an inch down into the cabinet, typically like we do on boxes under Article 314. So that's your typical rule. Now this exception allows me to take a surface-mounted enclosure and run a non-flexible raceway conduit or tubing, up from the the actual cabinet. And as long as that raceway is at least 18 inches and not more than 10, I'm allowed to run cables with an entirely non-metallic sheathing into this non-flexible raceway system. Now, there are seven different criteria that have to be met, and we're going to look at each seven of this, and this is nothing new. What is new is when we get to item number seven, it's just a clarification over some confusion that took place during the 2014 cycle that left people a little confused. So we had some clarity in the 2017. Now, the reason I'm bringing this kind of change up is because I, as I travel around the country in, in 
and see different installations and get a lot of code questions that ask to me, I see people typically taking these raceways and filling them as much as they can because there was a note 2 to chapter 9, table 1 that said that you treat it like it's a sleeve. And if that's the case, it wasn't to be considered a complete raceway uh, or cable system uh, or conduit and tubing system. And so in that aspect, you didn't have to meet the requirements of the fill requirements in, in uh, chapter 9, table 1. And that was most notably... 53% fill, 31% fill, or 40% fill, depending on the number of conductors or cables and what have you. So we'll talk about that when we get to it. But let's read each of the allowances for you to have that. And again, this only applies to a surface mount enclosure. Now, I see many people that are put a surface mount enclosure but try to bring in, let's say, all of the non-metallics uh, cables through the back through a single knockout to a uh, trade size 2 nipple. Uh, that's not what we're talking about with this exception. It clearly states that it has to enter the top of a surface-mounted enclosure. And this non-flexible raceway has to be no less than 18 inches long, but not more than 10 inches long in order to meet this provision. Now, there's seven items. The first one says each cable that enters into this allowed non-flexible raceway has to be fastened to the structure within 12 inches measured along its sheathing of the outer from the outer edge of the raceway itself so we need to make sure that these conductors are, are are secured within 12 inches of the end of that raceway whether it's 18 inches or, or 10 inches we have to make sure they're secured the second item is if the raceway extends directly above the enclosure and does not penetrate a structural ceiling so it can't penetrate for say a basement through the floor uh, and, and into the, the, the level above, okay? This creates a kind of a chase, and it can create a stack effect, and we don't want that. So we don't want a penetration. You don't know whether it's penetrating a, penetrating a fire-rated assembly or what have you. It must stay within that area uh, if it's a basement or what have you, or wherever it's installed. It can't penetrate another structural member to another floor, okay, uh, in the structural ceiling. All right, so that's got to take place. Uh, the next thing, it says a fitting shall be provided at each end of the raceway to protect the cables from abrasion. Uh, and the fitting remains accessible after the installation. So all of this is exposed. It's not embedded in the wall. The fitting at the top and then part in a fitting uh, also down as it goes into the enclosure helps to stop the abrasion as the actual cables come in the end and extend down actually into the cabinet. Okay, So we can meet that, no problem. Uh, the next item, number four, it says the raceway is sealed or plugged at the outer end using approved means. Okay, so approved being whatever the jurisdiction is okay with, uh, so that to prevent access to the enclosure through the raceway. Whether it's a uh, duct seal, whether it's a spray-in type of foam that we use to, to, to spray in and, and plug uh, board holes. Whatever it is that's acceptable to the jurisdiction, you're plugging that end up. The jurisdiction might be okay with rock wool for example to plug up that in okay but anyway it has to be done and sealed up now it's not the end that's in the enclosure the cabinet it's the end that's out uh that's uh, that's that's at the end of the 18 inches or 10 feet whichever uh, as long as you don't exceed 10 feet okay uh and it can't be less than 18 so we've established all that so you got to seal that end up so if that let's say you've done that item five says the cable sheathing is continuous through the raceway 
and extends into the enclosure beyond the fitting, not less than a quarter of an inch. That's pretty standard. We see that in 314 for cat boxes. And another change in the 2017 code was in the plastic boxes, it was pretty normal to extend that sheathing down a quarter of an inch, but it didn't require it for the metal boxes. Well, that meant that the clamps could be put on and actually pinch the individual conductors. So now that rule in 17 is also that has to extend down a quarter of an inch for the sheathing. It helps protect the conductors as it enters the box. So it used to be just for the non-metallic uh, and it really was kind of silent on the metallic now it's required for the metallic so that's just a little bonus change for you um, but but here it applies so we have to bring them a quarter of an inch down can it be an inch sure can it be an inch and a half sure it's just got to be at least a quarter of an inch uh, item number six it says the raceway is fastened in its outer end and at the points in accordance with the applicable article. So whatever the, the non-flexible uh, raceway that you use, whether it's, well, I don't know whether you're using uh, uh, EMT, uh, whether you're using PVC, uh, whether or not you're using, you know, EM, EM, EMT is three Article 358, whether or not you're using uh, 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 PVC, rigid, uh, a 350, Article 352, whatever you're using, you need to secure it in accordance with its applicable article. And generally it's going to be dot 30 of the section within that article that's going to give you the, the, the requirements to, to actually secure it. Okay, so you've got that fasten and fasten it in place. So that's not going to go anywhere. So as long as you meet that, and of course that's, that's a no-brainer, right? We're going to secure our, our raceways uh, in accordance with its applicable article that pertains to the type of non-flexible raceway that we're using. Notice this rule also applies to non-flexible raceways. Does not apply to flexible raceways. You can't use flexible raceways to meet this requirement. Just kind of reminding you of that. And next we get to item number seven. So this is the one where the change took place. And really, it was only to clear up something in 2014, which kind of contradicted itself when you got to chapter nine, table one, in note two, uh, it kind of contradicted itself. And here's what it said in the 2014. It said, we're installing as a conduit or tubing, the cable field does not exceed the amount that would be permitted for a complete conduit or tubing system by table one, chapter nine of this code and all ap applicable notes thereto. Of course, that meant that you didn't treat it like a, like a, um, like a nipple or a protective sleeve, you treated it like a complete conduit or tubing system, even though it was only connected at one end. And traditionally, a complete system is going to be connected at both ends. So by this change, we're saying, look, you're going to treat it just like a complete conduit or raceway system. You're going to have to meet the raceway fill requirements of Chapter 9, Table 1. Uh, for one cable, it's 53%. For two, for two conductors, it's 31%. Or over two conductors, it's 40%. So you're going to have to meet that film requirement. The problem was note two said that, oh, by the way, this was considered a sleeve and you don't have to meet the fill requirements of table one. Well, that caused confusion because item seven said that you had to meet the fill requirement for as a complete raceway. Then when you got over to table one, chapter nine, and you met all those applicable notes like it says in item seven of 312.5c, then you were like, wait a minute, now it says I don't have to count that table. Well, the change to the 2017 code says at the end of item number 7 here in 312.5c, it says, okay, note 2 to this to the table in chapter 9 does not apply to this condition. 
So that's just reminding you that this 18-inch or 10-foot, which, you know, no less than 18 and no more than 10, of a non-flexible raceway where you can put cables with entirely non-metallic sheathings in it, you still can't exceed the raceway fill requirement. And that is basically going to be 53% because you're going to treat it as a cable. And where you get that from is if you look at Chapter 9 in uh, Table 1, Note 9. And that's going to say multiconductor cables with the elliptical type. Uh, and that would be like your NMB, UFB, SEU. Uh, you use the major diameter for determining the circle diameter in order to determine the raceway fill. And of course you're going to use table 4 which is going to give you the raceway fill requirements for the 53%. And so you have to be able to know what the diameter is, you know, the approximate diameter is of, a, of, the, of the cable assembly using the elliptical, the major diameter, to order to meet this 53% and not exceed it as far as raceway fill. So it's going to very much limit the number of cables that are going to go into a standard raceway. So you might have to have a bigger raceway to put more cables in it. So this is going to keep you from putting a bunch of non-metallic uh, cables inside of a raceway in order to meet 312.5C that 7 is going to say, hey, wait a minute. You're going to treat this as a complete system. You're going to have to meet the table fill requirements in Table 1 of Chapter 9. You're not going to be able to use Note 2, which says you can ignore the fill requirements of Table 1, which is what people did previously in the 14 code. Even though it says that, that you treat it as a complete system, when they went over to Table 1, Chapter 9, they read Note 2 and they said, wait a minute, I can throw all of that fill requirement out the door. I don't need to meet it because this is what Note 2 says. The 2017 code wanted to make it clear that, look, people were doing that, and people were overloading a raceway. Here, you can't do that because it specifically says that Note 2 doesn't apply to this specific exception in 312.5c. So hopefully now you understand that that raceway, or that non-flexible um, raceway that you're going to be used, you can't just overload it with non-metallic entirely non-metallic sheathed cable systems, okay? You're still going to have to meet the fill requirement. Prior to that, I saw all over the country where people just filled that thing up, okay? Not allowed to do that. So hopefully this change, which should have been apparent, uh, it really does clear up some confusion that took place in the 2014. It had a lot of jurisdictions confused, and they passed a lot of things. Just a couple weeks ago, I was at an installation where they are still under the 14 code, and they didn't understand this, and they really did apply note two, and they just filled that thing up as much as they could, and that's not a good thing. So hopefully you understand this change. I want to thank you for tuning into this episode of the podcast from Master the NEC. If you have any questions, you can always email us at info, I-N-F-O, at masterthenec.com, or info, again, it's I-N-F-O, at electricalcodeacademy.com and we'd be more than happy to answer any of your electrical questions, any code changes. And I also encourage you to visit our website at www.electricalcodeacademy.com or www.masterthenec.com. Uh, watch some of our uh, videos, listen to some more of our podcasts, join up for our message board and chime in and ask some questions. We have a little, very little activity on the message board. We're not trying to recreate the wheel here, but if you have a need to ask a question and you don't want to email it and you want to ask it in the forum, uh, feel free to go in there, log in for an account. It's free and ask your question. Again, 
Thank you all for listening. I know it takes a a lot of time out of your day to listen to these changes and different podcasts that I do. Uh, But I want to thank you again for listening again. If there's anything that we can do for you, please don't hesitate to email us or or, uh, visit our website or post a note on our website. We'd be more than happy. Also, visit our our Facebook page. You simply go to the bottom of our website and you'll see the links to our Facebook page. Again, you can go there. If you have any questions, feel free to go there and chime in uh, and see any of the code articles that I write or any of the videos that we produce. Usually I'll put it there so you can find out where it is. So thanks again for watching. God bless. And until next time, stay safe out there.